Blog Talk Radio. Board my minions. It is Saturday, August 21st, high atop the Balance Studio here in Indianapolis. We do this thing called the Balance every Saturday morning. This is the one place where fanatics can come together and talk about their favorite teams or their not so favorite teams and get their opinions. And it's fantasy football is back. Fantasy football drafts are beginning all across the board. Ours is next week. The balance is next week. I've actually got one tonight and another one next week. So we'll tap in a little bit on the fantasy football talk as well. Standing by in the balance green room is Rick Riggin, our college football extraordinaire uh, and, and super prognosticator and all of the above, uh, joins us to talk some college football. And coming up at the top of the hour is uh, Tony Donahue for the Tony D Podcast. Going to be recapping all the action out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway last week. Also going to talk a little NFL preseason with him. And speaking of NFL preseason, at the bottom of the hour, our last segment today is reserved especially for Ed Kretz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. The man, did they take a wampum against the New England Patriots? We'll talk about that. The good thing is, as we always know, the, the catchphrase this time of year after a win or a loss, it doesn't matter. The first thing anybody says, well, it's only preseason. And then we get in the conversation where we shouldn't have a preseason. Uh, I digress. My name is Don Mark Westdale, Presidente. 917-889-8516 is our digits. Make sure you're following us on the Twitter and on Facebook. Um, and uh, we'll be right back right here on the on the Balance Radio Network. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. 
best you get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it and make it fresh and roast it. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. All right, welcome back to Balance. My name is Tom Marcusfeld, President. Hey, time to kick things off uh, with Rick Riggin, our official college football pronosticator and, and uh, aficionary and uh, all around somewhat good guy. What's going on, Rick? <laughs> you know, college football doesn't even need a preseason, so what does that say? <laughs> this is this is true. That's because they got Nevada football. That's why they don't need a preseason. <laughs> right? Yeah, they got Nevada football. <laughs> you know, I was going to have to plug them in there somewhere. <laughs> right? I, I knew it was coming. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess people just have to go back and listen to prior podcasts to get our Nevada football joke. Now, in all seriousness. Uh, they, they do have a pretty good quarterback out there, but I wouldn't say that it's as, that he's as good as uh, uh, Notre Dame. So let's j- j- jump right into it. Now of the uh, training camp, Notre Dame's ready to go with Jack Cohen. I, I mean, it, certainly we saw the competition on the surface, but I think this very, very confident Jack Cohen is going to be the QB one for 2021 for the Irish. Yeah, it's kind of going to get an early test. Uh, against Florida State here in a couple weeks. And uh, I know Florida State's new coaching staff, new everything, but they're still elite talent at Florida State. So it's a good test for him. He didn't even play last year. He was supposed to be Wisconsin's starting quarterback, but then the whole Big Ten went through the COVID thing where they weren't going to play. Then they ended up playing with Jack Cohn 
uh, ended up opting out for the season anyway, and then he transferred because he graduated. So uh, he hasn't played in a year. Uh, Brian Kelly's a uh, sees a lot a lot of good innings, so he got named the starter. I think about a, almost a week ago now, and uh, we'll see. He's going to get tested first game of the season though. And you know everybody's going to be t- tested on the first game of the season, but anybody that that plays Notre Dame wants to make sure that they bring their A game per, uh, per se, and certainly. You know, if you're an offensive lineman and you're coming up against guys like Blake Fisher and Zach Carell and Jarrett per- per- uh, Patterson and Kane Madden, those are all people that you've just got to like, man, we've got to we've got to prepare for this. So we'll talk about Florida State. What do they got to do to prepare for Notre Dame? Well, first thing they got to do is go ahead and circle Notre Dame on on the on, on the on the calendar because just like Nevada, uh, that might be their Super Bowl. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Might be, it might be. So yeah. So, uh, well, well, you know what I'll say about Florida State is with the new coaching staff, and you know it takes a, a couple of years for all that offense and defense and just the new mindset to get installed, right? You know, before it actually takes hold and they progress. But I saw it against uh, when I went to the Notre Dame Louisville game a couple of years ago with Scott Satterfield, first year head coach in the first game, and. Uh, the game was here. Well, that was well, – I won't say here. I'm in Evansville. But in Louisville, it's not too far from you. We went to it. Uh, that was a hostile environment. Of course, because Notre Dame's in town. Everybody comes in to watch a possible upset. And in that first half, man, they gave us all we wanted in the first half. That was a scary first half. And I think what goes into that is just not knowing the coaching staff, the, the offensive scheme that's going to be getting installed. I think because you don't know what to prepare for. So – we ended up pulling away and winning by a wide margin in the second half. But if Florida State can do what Louisville did a couple of years ago and uh, just hit us with a bunch of things we're not expecting, uh, they can hang around this game. And the, the game that Florida State so also makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and we certainly got a lot, uh, a lot to prepare for. What does uh, Coach Kelly uh, do uh, to get his team ready for week one uh, now that camp's broke and, and they're kind of into a normal routine now? Yeah, you know, we've seen Brian Kelly kind of grow as a coach over the past five or seven years. Ever since 2016, when they had that really horrible season, you know, the the, the four-win team, uh, he's kind of take a, taken a step back and aligned himself with guys that brought in coaches, guys that can actually coach. And I wouldn't say he's taken a hands-off approach, but he lets his coordinators, he lets his coaching staff uh, coach the team, right? He lets... Tommy Reese coached the offense. He's going to let DeMarcus Freeman coach the defense. He kind of t- has taken a hands-off approach to that and just let his coaching staff do their job. And we've seen now they've made the playoffs of two out of the last three years. And I think, uh, you know, he turns his teams over over to his coaches, and that, that's how he prepares them uh, for every game. So how often do you think in the tight end position Kevin Bowman's going to be used uh, li- uh, listening to – uh, Coach Kelly's uh, uh, press conference uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday said he was a bull in a china shop breaking glass all over the place when he started off, and now he's starting to re- refine his position. Uh, this is just a guy that is developing along the way, and we're starting to see that refining, if you will, from the position. So is he kind of telling us that he's going to be uh, relying a lot more on that tight end position with Kevin Bowen? Well, they don't rely heavily on the tight end position this year because uh, 
That's a good one-two punch with Michael Mayer, baby Gronk, as the actual – he's probably going to be the best tight end in the country this year. So he's lining up. If they stick them both in the game, they can run like some New England Patriots, you know, style with the uh, Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. I don't know if you want to bring him up or not, but that was a great one-two punch <laughs> at tight end. I think Notre Dame could do that same thing with these two guys, but uh, with Michael Mayer on the other side of the field, he might be the best tight end in the country this year. So uh, – We'll see. That'd be a great one-two punch. We're talking with uh, Rick Riggin. This is the Balance Nevada football talk on a Saturday morning. <laughs> Somebody stop me. I think yeah. I can't stop. We're doing our college football talk. We do it every Saturday. Uh, of course, we kind of hone in on our homer teams at first, uh, and uh, that being Notre Dame being our biggest homer team with Rick, Rick Riggin, but we, we certainly have a lot of other teams to get to. But before we get to that, I'm sure you know who Todd McShay is with uh, with ESPN this time of year. He always puts out his, his top 50 uh, for the uh, – you know, for the coming up draft, I should say. So in in his top 50 players for the 2022 draft, three of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish are on that list. He had safety Kyle Hamilton, running back Kyren Williams, and center Jarrett Patterson in his top 50 list. In fact, those three Notre Dame players were ranked among the 34 highest players in, in in the list there. So what are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Jarrett Patterson, he, got injured last year, didn't finish the season. If it wasn't for that, he might have came out with the NFL last year. So he's like a fifth-year guy now. Uh, probably the most exper- He's definitely the most experienced lineman on the team and put him at center, which I don't think last year he was the center. Uh, but put him at center this year, uh, you know, the, the center, you're kind of like the, the quarterback also. You know, you, you also read the defense. And with having Jared Patterson back there, and with Jack Cohn not playing last year for Wisconsin, uh, that's really going to help a lot. So, uh, But, yeah, he could have came out last year. And uh, Kyle Hamilton, uh, what we saw against Clemson last year with him, maybe my big, biggest complaint with Kyle Hamilton is that he will overrun plays. Like he sees a play developing, and he runs to the spot, and he'll overrun the spot because he's crazy athletic. He's one of the best defensive backs in the country. If he can – Recognize he recognizes the play is no problem, but he they use his aggressiveness against him. If he can dial that back a little bit, uh, we might see him go go in the top ten. Well, let's, uh, speaking of the ten, let's uh, go on over to the Big Ten and let's talk a little bit about Ohio State football. We did a little bit last week. Adam couldn't join us this week. He will be back with us next week. Uh, but uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about Ohio State again. There, there's your. Your elephant in your room, if you will. Of course, we still have Wisconsin and Penn State as well as sticking around up there toward the top. But, you know, I, I, this is going to take an opportunity for me to take my hats off and bow my head to uh, IU. I mean, IU is becoming, and maybe true, maybe not, uh, but could IU becoming a, a uh, football school? I think there's a possibility. Certainly that conversation could, could happen. So let's look at the Big Ten. Let's look at uh, the impact that Ohio State has. And certainly, you know, they lead. That's that's who we've got to look at, uh, whether we love, hate, or indifferent with, uh, about the Ohio State. They're going to be in the playoffs, and there's somebody we're going to be talking about all year. So we might as well start right now. The Ohio State Buckeyes will stay here. All right. Yeah, that's right. We talk about them all year. They're going to be one of the top four teams. Uh, of course, it's the same four every year we talk about, right? And then last couple of years, Notre Dame's kind of snuck in there. But uh, 
I don't know who's going to beat them in the Big Ten this year. Uh, if uh, you can have that same success they had against them last year, it's going to be a great game to watch. Of course, no Justin Fields for Ohio State, so ability because Michael Phoenix is back for IU. Uh, what I'll say for IU, uh, they got a big test coming up in week three because the actual AP preseason top 25 came out almost a week ago, I guess I'd say now. Uh, Cincinnati's ranked eighth. They're a top ten team, and they're playing IU in week three. So that's going to be an early test uh, for IU. And uh, if I could just bring up Notre Dame again, uh, October 2nd, Cincinnati and uh, Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame's preseason ranked number nine, which is crazy. So 8-9 matchup coming October 2nd. But that IU game, uh, I didn't see where IU was ranked. I know, they're, I know they're top 25. I want to say they're around 18th or something like that. So we got an 18 yeah, versus 8 matchup yeah. in week three. Yeah, there's something something like that. That's, that's a huge game, Tom, and that's a big early test for IU. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, here's the thing, I, and I think I still think that, you know, when you look at some of these uh, national media, they still look at IU and say, okay, well, that was a win. Well, we'll see. Do we actually have a trend going? So I think when they consider that Ohio State has one of the easiest uh, schedules in college football this year uh, based on, on an opponent, I think they kind of uh, roll that in there with Ohio State. Uh, poor Ohio State, but also uh, Northwestern uh, with uh, college football uh, it, it, it's in that list of easiest schedule. Washington, uh, Bose, uh, Boston College, Bose College, Boston College, Ohio State, Northwestern, and, and Arizona State all have the easiest schedule uh, in the college football uh, thing, and I, and I think we're going to see that come to uh, reality when we look at the college football playoffs this year. We're adding two teams this year, so strength of schedule is certainly something that we talk about every year. Uh, I'm not sure why that always is what it is, but, you know, uh, strength of schedule does come to play. So how's that going to come to play? If, if, if Ohio State has going into the season has one of the easiest schedules going in, what does that look like in committee time at the end of the year? Well, what I'll say is when it comes to the end of the year and they're still undefeated, you got to look at their starting position, which is right now, what are they, their top four or five, right? That's where they're starting. If they're not going to lose, all they can do is go up. So you can't leave an undefeated Ohio State team out of the playoffs just because their schedule is easy. You know, I would just say just because the Big Ten recently has kind of been on a downtrend because Michigan hasn't been very good with Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Penn State with James Franklin, there's some kind of hump that they can't get over yet. Uh, same thing with uh, Wisconsin, there's been a hump there they can't get over. Uh, so the Big Ten's kind of been on a downtrend the past few years. So we see teams like IU emerge. And, uh, Tom, I'm going to say, even if uh, IU only loses to uh, Cincinnati and Ohio State this year, they're still a 10-win team. So, I mean, you'll take that, right, as an IU fan? Oh, heck yeah. All day long and every day of the week and twice right. on, on Sunday. <laughs> I'd just be encouraged. I would be encouraged that they're, they're starting out in the top 25 this year. So that, that's encouraging. Right. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, let's look at that. We, we, we're talking about the easiest schedules, and we can talk for a moment about the hardest schedules. And in, in, in the hardest schedule, uh, according to what they say out there, uh, based on opponent, is Arkansas. And the Razorbacks are a decent team. But there again, if they have the hardest schedule, you know, how's that going to come into play? But 
One of the guys, players that I like to watch uh, there with Arkansas is Traylon Brooks. He is the a huge, going to be a huge contributor as a wide receiver uh, in, in the, with, with, the, with the Razorbacks. So what are your thoughts? If we look at the hardest schedules, Arkansas, South Carolina, Georgia Tech, Mississippi State. Now we have a Big Ten uh, opponent there as well coming in at number five of the hardest schedules in the NFL, I mean, uh, in the college football. Yeah, but you got to look at where they're at, too. Uh, they're play, they play in the SEC, so they're going to get Bama, Georgia, Florida, LSU. I mean, that that's a murderer's row of games to play. If they come out of that with only one loss, they're going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> that's ridiculous. And uh, as far as Brooks goes, wide receiver, he's only going to be as good as uh, the quarterback throwing to him, right? And I think they're rolling in a – Second-year head coach who's still got the program up, up and coming. You know, he's going to be a name you're going to know come draft time. But they're only going to be as good as that offense and that and their quarterback. Well, if you're a fan of Hawaii football, you're not going to be able to uh, attend the season opening. Just let me know because they, they say right. no because of COVID. <laughs> COVID's still around. If you, if you had a choice to go to the home opener, have free season tickets for the entire year for Hawaii football or Nevada football. Which would you pick? The home opener in Hawaii? I'd pick Hawaii every time. Well, what am I going to go to Nevada? As opposed to Nevada? <laughs> Come on now. I don't know. Maybe if they throw, throw in a trip to Vegas there, uh, yeah, it, might, maybe. It, might, it might work out. Uh, but, uh, you know, let's talk some more about this uh, uh, alliance, if you will. And there's supposed to be an announcement uh, probably here soon, maybe even uh, this weekend. Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC reportedly expected to announce an alliance, air quotes, soon. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Are we, I mean, that, this is a clear way uh, to, keep team, uh, to keep conferences from jumping ship to – just using this for conversation purposes. This is a – a way to keep uh, conferences to jump over to the SEC or, you know, a, a high caliber. Of course, SEC doing the same thing, adding Oklahoma and, and Texas as well. Uh, so let's talk about this alliance here. And uh, let's first start with Big Ten. Pac-12 and ACC will importantly announce an alliance between the three conferences as early as next week. Uh, and that's according to the Athletics. So what are your thoughts? My initial thought, and it brought me back to something I believe we talked about on the show here two or three years ago. So you uh-huh. we can honestly say this was brought up and talked about on the show three years ago before anybody that's was because that's why you're our prognosticator. Right. Hey, and what that's we talked about is why don't, they just, <laughs> why don't they just take the, the top 32 programs of college football and make that its own league and run it like the mm-hmm. NFL does? Maybe you don't have to go 17 games. Maybe you only go 12 or 13 games or whatever it is and have a playoff system just like the NFL. And they can even use the relegation rule where they take the bottom two or three teams or whatever it is and bump them down and bring the next two or three teams up from the league that's below. You know, So we talked about this. Uh, at my initial thought when I seen all these alliances and teams jumping ship from conferences, What's the point in having a conference if you can just leave it whenever you want? Uh, the conference championship games, to me, are absolutely pointless, uh, especially in the ACC. I mean, it, it made it, it was a big deal last year because Notre Dame and Clemson uh, were in it, 
mean, Clemson only with, with the one loss. They lost Notre Dame during the regular season. But before all that, you see an undefeated Clemson team play against a four-loss Pittsburgh team in the ACC championship game. You don't need that game to know which one of the two teams are better. And even if Clemson will lose a game like that, they will still be in the playoffs. So I just feel like these conference championship games are, are pointless. And now all this uh, conference teams jumping ship, uh, conference align, aligning themselves with other conferences, uh, I just think conferences are pointless at this point. Uh, but let's just take the top 32 teams in college football and make it its own league and split it up in divisions just like the NFL. That in theory, that would be good. I, my thought is, you know, we hear about all these other conferences and creating alliances and, and being a, a part of a big pack, if you will. But the Big 12 has not been a part of any of these discussions. Uh, any reason why that might be uh, all these other conferences? Because the Big 12 is no small conference by any stretch of the imagination. But yet they've not been in any discussions joining any alliance. I, you know, I, I don't really know. And now I, I see things about Clemson, not Clemson, Kansas, wanting to jump ship, which is their biggest uh, basketball school in that conference, has one of the best basketball True. programs in the country, True. wanting to leave. You know, they're wanting to come to the Big Ten in basketball. Uh, uh, things like that, it kills the Big 12. You know, it was Nebraska leaving. You know, uh, Houston, which used to be in the Big 12 a long, long time ago, which has now up and came as one of the better non-Power 5 teams just like Cincinnati and UCF. Uh, so I, I don't know what it is with the Big 12. I mean, other than Iowa State now, I, I don't know what the Big 12 has to offer in football. Yeah, well, here's the, the thing. I think what a lot of people lose focus on, we're talking about these alliances with football, but to my understanding, this carries uh, collegiate-wide through the entire school, whether it's baseball or swimming or football. Um, Notre Dame's the only one that gets to pick their conference with football, and everybody else has to go to the ACC. But that's, a, that's neither <laughs> poking the bear. Hey, I think Notre Dame's the, the only school that's, getting, that's, getting, that's got it right. That's the way it looks now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, some people believe the SEC could become a minor league type system for the NFL. I mean, I think the Auburn Oh, definitely, yeah. They, they're – they're including player salaries and, re- and remaining power conferences that will want to prioritize graduating athletes to high-profile positions. Uh, the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12 also give attention to sports uh, beyond football, uh, but I think everybody would believe the SEC already is a minor league-type team uh, for the uh, lead, uh, division conference for the NFL. Yeah, you know, and I don't even know if this makes me unhappy, these teams doing this, because here in a couple years, uh, as a fan, anyway, you're going to get Oklahoma versus Alabama and Georgia and Florida and Texas versus Alabama and Florida and Georgia and LSU and all these teams uh, on a weekly basis. So uh, from that perspective, it's great. But the other side of side of it is what's the point of conference if if a team's unhappy or school's unhappy with rag, just pick up and leave. So that's <laughs> – but – like I say, I don't know if it even makes me unhappy just because of the games we're going to get on a weekly basis now out of the SEC, and they're going to be uh, outstanding. So, Rick, uh, we've got our fantasy football coming up on draft. We don't know who's going to be the first pick for us as we randomize it, uh, and so it's fair for, for everybody. Uh, I don't know how I get to be the number one pick every year. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't been the number one pick in a, right. I don't know how long. <laughs> yeah. How long? Uh, but, you know, Right. As you, as you do your draft prep, uh, or if you do any at all, 
uh, what what is your your strategy for your first round when you're making your draft picks? It changes every year. Uh, you, you want to look receiver, running backs anymore? Uh, first round, I would say those are your points getters. Uh, but you know when you when Michael Thomas goes off and has like ninety thousand yards in one season and four hundred touchdowns, you you know, I drafted him first last year, and he had, like, his worst year of his career. So that's usually how it works out for me every single time. Uh, but I go uh, look at receivers running backs first. Uh, but last year I took Mahomes in the second round. He was still there in the second round. I I couldn't leave Mahomes on the board because he wouldn't have got back around to me anyway. So, But I go receivers or running backs first round. You know, I absolutely do try to, especially if I got an early pick, like a one, two, three, or four – or even a five for that matter, I'm always going to try to grab the best available running back and start with them. This year, let's look at uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, with uh, the, the Panthers. What are your thoughts on him being a fir- the fir- probably going to be the first overall pick in most drafts this year? Well, yeah, I, I, I'm going to say he's going to have a huge year because uh, he's coming back from the injury, and there's reports out of training camp he's looking better than ever. Uh now they got Sam Darnold uh, there in Carolina as quarterback. So uh, the only way to take a lot of pressure off Sam Darnold so he can do his thing is just keep feeding Christian McCaffrey. Uh, so uh, you're going to see him run the ball a lot. You're going to see him a lot in the short passing game. Uh, Christian McCaffrey might be uh, – I was going to say 90% of the country, Christian McCaffrey might be everybody's number one pick. Yeah, absolutely. And are we still high on uh, on uh, Patrick Mahomes' quarterback position? Are we still high on him? I think. I mean, should we target? I, I, I guess. Let me rewrite that question. Should we should we be focusing it on him on early rounds? Because I usually wait. The t- uh, quarterbacks are going to be there. I usually wait till you know midway through the draft to, to grab my quarterback. But should we be focusing on uh, Mahomes early? On in the uh, in a in the draft. Yeah, I I still think you do with him because of, of what's around him, how many points Mahomes can get you, Travis Kelsey or Travis Kels, however he wants to pronounce these days. Uh, you know, with all the weapons he he has on offense, uh, he's going to get a lot of points. So he still might go. He might be everybody's a lot of people's first pick, even just because of uh, of the weapons he has. It's not even just him. And how talented he is, it's just what he has available to him, too. The other like great quarterbacks like Stafford, Matt Stafford's going to be great in L.A., but is he going to be Mahomes' level? I don't think so because he's got the weapons Mahomes has, right? You know, I think Stafford's going to be a great pick at quarterback this year, but I wait to the mid-rounds. Like you said, if he's there, I take him. But I think Mahomes is like the, the one outlier that I wouldn't take him first round. Last year I did – Picking my second pick, he was just there, and I had some guys mm-hmm. in mind I wanted to take, and they got picked before they got back around to me, so I went ahead and picked him. But I'd say he's the one outlier. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. If you if you go with Patrick Mahomes early, you know, just commit to it. Just say, like, hey, you you were going to give up right. some very very good uh, first round in the wide receiver or running back, which is your point scores. But when you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes that can run the ball and pass the ball, you're actually getting a, a twofer, if you will. You're getting a, a, a wide receiver or a running back, uh, more like a, a running back and a uh, quarterback all wrapped up into one. Rick Reagan, our college football prognosticator, 
uh, and uh, a air and official future mascot and spokesperson for the Nevada Wolfpack. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I was probably better suited with how tall I am, only 5'9". You know, so if uh, I was, I think I could do the Notre Dame leprechaun job pretty good. Just run me did. out there in the leprechaun Hey, I've seen you in your I leprechaun. I think I could do it, yeah. Didn't you go running out there <laughs> naked when you're – no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Rick, Rick uh, where can people find your work and masterpieces other than here on The Balance? Yeah, on the Twitter, at uh, Reagan underscore Rick. <laughs> All right, buddy. You have yourself a good week. Grab yourself another monster, man. It's going to be a good week. Will do. Have a good one, buddy. <laughs> I will see you. Rick Reagan, our college football guy, guru, we talk to every week. Uh, next week, we'll also have him on with Adam Zippin and our other normal. Feel free also to chime in and, and uh, on social media and what have you about our uh, college football type. My name is Tom Marquez, our president. We'll be back with Tony Donahue from Tony D Podcast. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike... You know, dance with me, purple cow. I like your move. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. No, they're one of my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. 
And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Oh. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what, actually, I'm, I'm just gonna order it. They make it fresh and yeah, roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Right now, I just need you to get real loose. Get comfortable. Grab your loved ones, or grab your love partner. And if you're by yourself, no worries. Just follow after me. Yeah. Gonna do the two-step, then cowboy boogie. Grab a sweetheart and spin out with him. Do the hold down and get into it. Take it to the left now and dip with it. Gonna throw down, take a sip with it. And lean back with your head. Spin it. Let's have some fun. Uh. To the left, to the left now. To the right, to the right. All right, and welcome back to The Balance. Don't tell me that doesn't get you up going. I know it's an old song. People I know that get up challenges. Old, it's gone. But, hey, sometimes you just got to get something to get you moving, much like my Freedom Fuel Black Rifle Coffee. What a great coffee company it is. We get it here at the house and at the studios. I mean, it's the uh, – it, one, it's good. I mean, it really is good coffee. It's any type of kind of coffee you want. If you're a, a coffee snob, well, they can they can snob with the best of them. And the good thing about it is, though, when you buy Black Rifle coffee, you give it back. And that's one of the most important things that I think that they do is uh, they match your bag to uh, troops and first responders. Uh, a friend who's uh, in the Navy, whose son's in the Navy, and that's all they serve is black rifle coffee so get yourself some black rifle coffee and and then play the get up and challenge and then continue on with this podcast or if you're listening to us live well welcome back <laughs> 917-889-8516 is our digits we're standing by for tony donahue the tony d podcast don't want to really uh rain too much on his thunder as we want to talk about what happened last week at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and, and talk with him in, in, in with, it was what a great weekend it was. Uh, we were out there ourselves and what a good time it was. Uh, both NASCAR Xfinity Series, uh, NASCAR uh, Monster Series and IndyCar were on the, the track on the same weekend. It was really exciting uh, to see that happen with the Grand Prix. Uh, really, really exciting race, and so 
you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And as we look at the final numbers and stuff, but we are waiting for Tony to, to call. We were just talking with Ed, uh, no, we're going to be talking with Ed Kratz in the, in the next segment here, but we were just talking with Rick Reagan, um, obviously our, our college football partner. Uh, we talk, he's been uh, teaming up with us on college football for a good number of years. Uh, next week we'll have Adam Jividen as well. Uh, so, you know, here's the thing. Uh, the great thing about college football is there's always something to talk about, but it's the segue into the NFL. And that's where we're at now is we have fantasy football. And you cannot be a fantasy football guy without at least having some knowledge of college football. I mean, it just goes hand in hand. It's like donuts and milk. It's like chocolate and cream, right? Or Oreo cookie or biscuits and gravy. <laughs> Got food in my mind. So a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of groups, a lot of people are uh, having their their drafts beginning soon, uh, and so uh, we've got ours on Thursday night. And we were just talking a little bit about uh, how you position yourself in the draft. What are what are some of your strategies in the draft? And you know, certainly if you want to talk about your draft, feel free to to, to give us a call. Uh, but, you know, we were talking in the last segment, at the very end of the last segment, that, okay, what is your strategy? Now, most strategy, I think it's pretty much universal about this, although people have their own different things, and whatever works for you and whatever has been uh, good for you is is whatever's good, good for the goose is good for the gender, I guess, right? Uh, but we were talking about running backs going in the first round as opposed to quarterbacks, and you know, we we were saying, hey, are we still high on Patrick Mahomes? Now, here's the thing: Patrick Mahomes is is, is fast. He's good. He's quick. He he still throws the ball like a baseball. Remember, remember, he's the, he's one of the few players to ever get drafted in the first round by both baseball and NFL. He ultimately made the decision to go with the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs. He's obviously their general out there and has did a lot of good uh, stuff. Oh yeah. The, got him to the Super Bowl. Uh, but uh, So Patrick Mahomes is a solid quarterback that you want to look at. Now, do you make that decision and in, in taking him in the first round? I personally will think that I will wait to see what's there. You know, maybe I get through my first round and I say, well, Patrick Mahomes is still there because, again, a lot of people are don't go grabbing quarterbacks in the first round, not even in the second or third round. But chances are a guy like Patrick Mahomes is not going to be there. So if you want him, then by all means, grab him first. But if you're really high on him and really want him to be a part of your your fantasy football team and you were able to do well in the first round, by all means, in the in the in this in, I mean in the first round with your running backs, by all means grab him in the first round. Let's talk a little bit about running back positions. I think that's where most people are going to be starting their their draft at, and so let's talk a little bit about that. Um, as, as I mentioned to Rick in the last segment, Christian McCaffrey, running back for the. Uh, Carolina Panthers uh, is a very solid, solid uh, top of the list. We also got to look at Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. We're going to see him here in Indianapolis or play against the Colts um, tonight with Minnesota. 
You get Shaquan Barkley too early in the morning uh, with the Giants. And you've got uh, Alvin Kamara with New Orleans and Derrick Henry with Tennessee and Ezekiel Elliott and Jonathan Taylor. There's a lot of really strong, strong running backs that you're going to miss out on if you go with a quarterback in the, in the first round. So um, we'll, we'll see how that plays out for, for different leagues. Now here's, here's the other where I go. I, where, like I said, remember I told you I don't go with the quarterback position. Unless, okay, now again, the caveat to that would be is if uh, Patrick Mahomes is, is there. And you're also looking at, hey, are you looking at uh, a Matthew Stafford as well? So depending on what you're, who you want to be your main quarterback, and that's how you position yourself. But typically, if we go the way I normally do things uh, in the first round, I'm going to go running back, running back, wide receiver. Uh, and then I'm going to start looking at my quarterbacks. Uh, but I might even do a, 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 another wide receiver or a tight end. I'm always going to wait till very, very last pick. I mean, it can even auto-pick for all I care uh, as far as the, the kickers and the defensive teams uh, go. And so and yeah, and the, the other strategy is the buy strategy. How do we, how do we move and draft? around teams' buys. So when you look at that, you look, okay, well, the first bye week is week six. So the Falcons, the Saints, the Jets, the 49ers, are you going to draft your players so that you always have situations where you don't have to deal with a bye week? It's kind of a risky move because every team has a bye week. So if you're trying to figure out early on the season, do I draft a player based on their bye week it's a strategy, and it's effective for some. But to me, it's a risky strategy when everybody's going to have a buy at some point or another. Plan your roster around the buy, not the buy around your ro- the roster there. It is a very effective uh, way to do things. So let's, let's look at some of the things that maybe some of the uh, – if you're looking at your cheat sheets uh, – Uh, yeah, sorry, I was looking at, uh, I got two things going on at one time here, but, you know, we look at from last year and Trevor Lawrence to finish the season as the Jags quarterback. It remains to be seen whether or not the number one overpick, one overpick will begin the season as a starter. So, again, if you're looking at this quarterback situation, I don't know that you need to give up in the first round for uh, Trevor Lawrence, especially when there's uh, competition there with Gartner Mitchell and, and some others. So I just I don't know if, if I fall on that. So here here's the here's here's the other group. A lot of people go hot on these players that they that they see a lot about on on ESPN and you know all these other players and and, and it ends up getting a big old fat <coughs> sandwich. Uh, so, one of the 2021 fantasy football busts, according to a Sportsline model, is calling the Buccaneers running back Leonard Forte, Leonard Forte sorry, uh, big play potential uh, to be pretty much squashed. Not going to happen. And, uh, and so, if you're looking at him as, hey, I'm going to be optimistic here, you know, certainly what you've got to look at is he's 
not going to be one of the guys. So that's the other thing. you got to look at busts. And there's so much that goes into uh, fantasy football. We are still efforting to get a hold of, of uh, Tony Donahue from the Tony T podcast. Tony Donahue from the Tony T podcast. Tony D podcast. <laughs> Talk with him about IndyCar and NASCAR and so forth. But it's a lot of fantasy football um you know, people do it every year just just for fun, uh, and you know, funsies, if you will. I'm in three. This is actually a mild year for me. I'm actually in three leagues this year. Usually, I, I, I kind of double that, so I'm reining it in uh, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> reining it in a little bit. We're gonna uh, talk a little bit with Ed Kratz. Obviously, we, we want to get to the NFL preseason, and certainly. I mean, what a uh, whomping, as I said earlier, that the Philadelphia Eagles 35-0, to zero, again, preseason uh, against the, the uh, New England Patriots. So here's a strategy, if you will. And we, we'll just kind of go by, since we've been talking about this uh, strategy, um, let's talk about the quarterback strategy. If you decided, hey, I'm going to commit. I'm going all in uh, with Patrick Mahomes. That's my first round um, draft pick. Fine. Go with Patrick Mahomes. Now, that's going to be your QB1. So are you going to be committed to having a a really good uh, QB2 as a backup quarterback? Well, there's another risky strategy. Because you've got to look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Remember all the things that he brings to the table. He can run. He can pass. You know, all of that stuff. But once he he takes off running, he's no longer a quarterback. He is a running back. So he is subject to be able to be tackled and hit just like any other running back in the NFL. That said, who has the highest injury uh, percentages in the NFL? Running backs. So if you're going to pick up Patrick Mahomes, you got to be thinking in your mind, I don't want the guy to get hurt, but there's a high probability that that's going to happen. So now do you, do you let the other running backs and wide receivers that are very, very good that you could be hurting yourself? This is where I say this draft strategy gets kind of, kind of clunky because if you're wanting to make sure you have a solid uh, quarterback position, there's only one Patrick Mahomes. So you're only getting that two-for-deal that I talked about one time. So whoever you pick for the QB2, whoever you pick for the backup quarterback, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, okay? So who's going to be out there? Now, again, if we're looking at round one or round two or what have you, uh, you you would look at maybe Josh Allen. Now, in a a puppy dogs and butterfly world, which is not the world that we live in, uh, but you, you could be looking at, a lot of people doing a lot of different things, but then you got to look at Christian McCaffrey. So let's put together, if you will, a small uh, 10-team mock draft, and we'll, we'll just kind of walk through this and just see where, where people might fall at. Uh, and, again, this is just a, a, a make-believe type mock draft, but we'll see how this goes. So there's there's a guy in your league. He's high on Patrick Mahomes. He's heard us talk about what a great guy he is. He's like, boom, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. Okay, 
Next pick. Now, does the next pick got to make sure that they get this quarterback that might jump out? So you create a, a, a you could create a scenario of, of, of events by players trying to out strategize other players. To me, I mean, owners, uh, to me, that's another risky strategy because why, why, be, why be a follower when you can be a leader? So you're going to have that bonehead that's going to pick up Josh Allen, okay, in his first round. Uh, in, so he's got the second pick in the first round. You're going to have that bonehead that's going to pick up Josh Allen to try to block him from being picked up as the um, uh, backup quarterback for Patrick Mahomes in your league, okay? That's a strategy. Now you got the guy who's a smart guy, like me. Let's say a number three pick. I, these two boneheads ahead of me, they're picking Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. My, my, I'm third on the list. Why has nobody t- took in Christian McCaffrey? Um, hello, just like going to Hawaii, like we talked about earlier. The decision is relatively easy for me. And, and so then what happens is you've got the next guy um, who's got the four pick. He's probably going to look at a guy like Dalvin Cook because uh, he would probably be next hot on the list. And then you've got Ezekiel Elliott. Now, he's a, he's a bag of tools, if you will, and you get what you get with him. And so we'll see what we get with him. It's the, it's the, it's the thing of the unknown uh, with Ezekiel Elliott, but uh, not a bad pickup. So you, you pick him up. Uh, of course, people are going to be looking at Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones, Kyler Murray, and Jonathan Taylor uh, from Indianapolis, by the way. Uh, just a little plug there. Uh, Southwest Homer plug. Back, obviously, we, we, we're going to be having the running back by committee situation, so we'll see how that plays out. A lot of that with Indianapolis, though, you, you get you, you got a quarterback situation again. Here we go with the, the Carson Wentz and, and what have you. So, well, we did see some action out of Jacob last week and, and maybe some pretty positive action there. So, maybe it's not as bad as the quarterback position uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. I digress. Do another round here. So really, in the second round, I'm still sticking around with my. I'm still sticking around with my my running backs. A, a lot of people, depending on your running back situation, uh, a lot of teams utilize a tight end and a running back type of scenario. Indianapolis is, does that. Other teams do it. So in that case, when you when you look at Patrick Mahomes being the quarterback, whether or not you draft him in, in your, in your, in your um, draft or not, round two, you got to look at he's going to be leaning on a running back tight end position. This round two by now, you might be around pick 11. Uh, so you'd want to look at a guy like Travis Kelsey, uh, a tight end uh, out of Kansas City, going to be relied on hand-to-hand uh, with Patrick Mahomes, so a good pairing there, even if you don't have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, chances are you're not going to be able to have both just the way people uh, fall. Najee Harris out of Pittsburgh, that's a very solid par- uh, pick. Shaquan Barkley, Devontae Adams, uh, Dak Prescott, uh, Prescott, sorry, another good quarterback in the league. We'll see what you get with him. Again, he's going to be teaming up and pairing well with Ezekiel Elliott. Again, you get what you get with with Dak uh, with with Dak Prescott. Dak <laughs> Lamar Jackson d- d- 
Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill, Austin Elker and Nick Chubb. All are solid round two picks. Again, you you, you kind of want to be predictive when you're going to your fantasy football draft. You want to be ready for it. But at the same time, you, you, you can only play the hands that are dealt. So you're going to have players like you've got some guy that I'm going to grab this guy, I'm going to grab this guy, I'm going to grab this guy. In all reality, and depending on how big your league is, you're only going to have be able to get two out of your wish list. Uh, so the big no-no, I would say, no matter what your strategy is, it doesn't matter if you pick a quarterback or a running back first or a wide receiver, whatever, whoever you pick in your first round, whatever your strategy is, if it's around the buys, uh, whatever it is, um, never, never, never be that guy that, one, doesn't rank their players <laughs> and doesn't show up to draft and lets everything go into auto pick. Don't be that guy. If you're not going to be at your draft, at least set your your thing to auto pick. The thing, what we're doing tonight, this is what I call the big boy league. We've been doing this for years. It's $100 buy-in, and we're pretty serious about it. So we don't do the live snake draft on ESPN, which we will do on the, the balance and other leagues, we do. But the one that I have tonight, you have to show up. Uh, if you don't show up, uh, you're, you get picked automatically for you from the bottom player up, and that starts with the defense. So if you don't show up to the draft, you're getting a defense in the first round. So don't be that guy. Uh, and then if you show up, don't be the guy to draft a defense in the first round. That's a big rookie mistake. If you will make that once mistake one time, if nothing else, if nothing else cures you from making that mistake more than once, uh, whoever else is in your league will immediately put you on public shame and, and chastise you and, until you cry like a baby for drafting a, uh, a defense in the first round. We've all done it. I can't say we all. I've never done it, but there are people who do do it. And let's just throw the kickers into there, too. As as Peyton Manning once said, it's just a stupid kicker. It's just a drunk kicker. <laughs> no kickers. Let's let's give them their their props. I mean, we had a great kicker here in Indianapolis, and Adam Benatieri. There's some great ones out there. But the good thing about it is, you can probably, in most cases, when you're rotating your fantasy football lineup around, you can, in most cases, uh, pick up a pretty good kicker. Uh, off the off the waiver wire, it's usually relatively easy to do. Now, that said about the defenses, okay, so what you want to do is you, you get your defense, it is what it is, and you play the, the hand that it is. The good thing about defenses is if you're in a position where you're like, I've got a pretty solid team, and you're seeing this is like a very, very solid defense, yeah, go ahead and pick them up. But that's going to be mid to late rounds. That's not going to be your – first picks. But yeah, certainly if you see the solid defenses that are out there are available, go ahead and pick those up so that you've got them. But for the most part, you're going to be in a situation to where each week you might be looking for at least one defense uh, in your uh, waiver wire. We on ours here on the balance, we allow you to have two defenses, but a lot of leagues only have one defense. So it's it, it certainly is how your league is set up and how the scoring is. Uh, we're in a PPR here with the balance. Uh, we are full up. So unfortunately, if you want to play with the balance, we're going to have to wait till next year uh, as we fill up pretty quickly on that. Because the good thing about it is once you're with us, uh, you, you automatically have a spot for the next year. So each year we have a very, very limited uh, amount of spots 
that that we can work with. While we were efforting to get a hold of Tony Donahue, uh, I'm sure something may it may have popped up. Not exactly sure. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight five one six is our digits. We will be back with um, we will be back with uh, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, right here on the Balance Radio Network. Stick around; it's still getting good. component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Okay, okay. I can't believe it. I've been playing four on four with a barber shark quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Oh, hi. Uh, Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? (laughs) No, I'm sorry, we only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwah Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. 
Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and okay. roasted. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. segment talk some college football we missed tony donahue in the last segment but hey you're all set up for your fantasy football talk as uh, yours and yours truly guided you through that crazy maze but joining us now ed kratz beat writer for the philadelphia eagles and si.com how are you sir good morning tom how you doing good you ready for oh you don't play fantasy football do you (laughs) Well, we get, we got the what I call the big boys league tonight. Uh, in that we've been uh, we've been doing this together for several years, but uh, each year the buy-in uh, seems to raise. This year it's a hundred dollar buy-in, so it's starting to get a little rich. But okay, we I, I've already committed, so we're there. So tonight's our draft. We have a lot of fun with it. Uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, grown, married, not married, uh, not married because of the draft, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Get, get together and the shenanigans do happen on fantasy draft night. So I'm sure tonight will be uh, no different. But we do it in person. We do it the old-fashioned way. We we put the the team on the board and, and that sort of stuff. We don't do the we do go and load it into uh, uh, Yahoo is what we use on this one. The others we use uh, ESPN. We do go load the teams in after the fact, uh, but we don't do the live snake drive like all the other ones do. So it's uh, it's it's lots of fun. Lots of fun. So we'll see. Yeah. So if if you were a fantasy football player, who do you think now would you go high on Patrick Mahomes in your very first pick, first round? Let's say you had the number one pick. Would you go high on Patrick Mahomes, all in on him, and then build your team around him, or would you go high on Christian and McCaffrey with, with the Panthers and start with the running back strategy? That's kind of my strategy. I know you don't play, but what are your, your thoughts as an outsider looking in? Uh, well, I, I'd be careful in McCaffrey, right? I mean, that injury gets injured. He carries a heavy load. Um, I, you know, I would take Mahomes. I mean, he's the best quarterback in, in the game, right? Um, you know, and even maybe Justin Herbert, I'd look at him out in San Diego or, you know, uh-huh. LA, the LA Chargers. And I, I'd look at a quarterback. I'd try to find the best quarterback. And I guess Mahomes is at the top and you find a running back somewhere. That's another point in the draft. That would be my strategy. I mean, you could look at it the other way and take your running back. I don't know how you you score points in this league, but quarterbacks and running backs and those skill guys, they score the points, I guess, the majority of them. Yeah. In a, in a PPR um, yeah. league, which is points per reception, usually running backs are your workhorses who, who typically get you the most points. But as we talked about earlier, Patrick Mahomes gets you a two for a running back in it. Uh, the, the problem is you better have a good solid QB too, because when you run into that situation, when they no longer are a quarterback and they become a running back, that's when the risk for injury just skyrockets. Well, let's get into the, to the NFL, the real football. Well, that's not a fantasy. <laughs> uh, you get to, you get to live the great fantasy of being on the sidelines of the Philadelphia Eagles, but my goodness, uh, New England comes to town and just, uh, I don't know. They 
they did something in Philadelphia, and it wasn't Liberty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, not, tough, not trying to it? throw salt on the wound, but come on, man, 35-0. to zero, That's a goose egg, in the, and I'm sure that being in that locker room after that game was yeah, – I know it's just preseason, so we do have that tagline. It's preseason. So there's plenty of room for things to get better. But you, you, you cover the Eagles. Tell us what happened with the Eagles and what seemed to be across-the-board shutdown against the, the Patriots. This week. Yeah. Well, I, I, let me just say first, we're not allowed in the locker room. We're not going to be allowed in the locker room all okay. season, unfortunately. But okay. they are making players available, uh, okay. you know, in the tunnel uh, of these stadiums afterwards. So, you know, we did get to talk to a fair amount of players. But, you know, it's it, the Eagles and the Patriots practiced against each other Monday and Tuesday. And, yeah, you know, this all those pictures. What, what I saw, yeah, what I saw was, you know, the Eagles were the better team in those practices and the 11-on-11 stuff. And uh, and then Thursday night comes along, you lose Jalen Hurts to a stomach disorder to start, so Joe Flacco's thrown in there. And the Eagles didn't start three-fifths of their offensive line. Their whole defensive line was out. You know, all the stars, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat, Javon Hargrave, none of those guys played. Uh, and, and I know mm-hmm. that that defensive line just dominated the Patriots offensive line. I, I wouldn't read, listen, if the Eagles went out and won 35 to nothing, then you'd say, oh, it's great. They're in good shape. But uh, sure. then you look, you know, but, 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 you know, I think there's a lot of caveats. I'm not saying the Eagles are going to win, you know, 10, 11 games here, but I, I just don't think that was, you know, the, the Eagles team that we saw Monday and Tuesday in practices um, where they made life really difficult. The defensive line did for Mac Jones and Cam Newton, um, you know, their, their secondary was without Darius Slay. They started a rookie at the corner on, on Thursday night. So, you know, and plus Nick Sirianni, you know, he's mentioned this before. He doesn't want to show anything because he feels it's to their advantage that nobody really knows what he's going to do. It's his first time as a head coach. Uh, you know, he's got a quarterback that can run the ball and Jalen Hurts, and we're going to see – some of that, like you said, you put your quarterback at risk, but you're going to see a lot of the RPO stuff. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't say this was a, you know, a true gauge of what the Eagles will show, you know, when they open the season in Atlanta uh, on September 12th. Um, so, you know, you take it with a grain of salt, you move on. They had those two good practices against each other. And I wish fans could see those. I mean, it's almost the game's almost anticlimactic after you watch those practices. Very spirited, you know, very very enthusiastic. Yeah. So I mean, and then the game was like, you know, it was just they kept score, you know. But um, but there are some concerns for the Eagles for sure. There's some disturbing trends. I mean, they're third down, you know, their conversions. They're two for eighteen now in two games, and they're giving up. The, you know, they gave up five of nine third down conversions to New England after giving up 11 of 17 against Pittsburgh. So that's leading to a wide disparity in uh, time of possession. But again, I, I just think the Eagles aren't really rotating any guys in. They're just leaving their second and third team D lines out there for these long drives and they're worn down hot nights, both games. Um, you know, they're only practicing 70, 75 minutes, which, is a concern. They're trying to stay fresh, but you wonder about their conditioning uh, once mm-hmm. the season starts because these guys aren't practicing very long. So, um, you know, as much as it wasn't the Eagles, I think we'll see when the lid goes off the season. I, I think there are some concerns for sure. One of my colleagues, you know, we were watching practice between the Patriots and the Eagles, and 
he looked out there and he, see, I see, he said, I see a nine-win team, five wins for the Patriots and four for the Eagles. Yeah, I don't think New England's going to be any great shakes. I think their offensive line, did, I mean, in what I saw in the practices, did not look good. Uh, they have, that has to be a concern. Their defensive line was, you know, pretty much dominated by the Eagles starting offensive line in those practices. So, that's kind of where those games are won uh, up front, but I do like some of what the Patriots have. I, I, you know, I think their running backs, I really like their uh, trio of running backs. I think their linebackers, Chase Winovich has, has returned. He was banged up to start the pre or the camp and now he's healthy. I mean, he's very good. Um, but I have questions on their back end too, at the cornerback spots and, um, you know, the Eagles did a good job moving the ball against the, the, those cornerbacks in practice. So, you know, there's some concerns with the Patriots, too. And, uh, you know, are they a 35 nothing team that, you know, can beat the Eagles when the season starts? I, I don't think so. I think both teams are, you know, what they are. I think they'll be, you know, very average. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the uh, quarterback situation. Uh, Justin was hurt, or I mean, sorry, he was sick, so he didn't play against the uh, Patriots, but we did see Cam Newton come out. What are your thoughts about Cam Newton? And, and, and well, give us an update on the illness of uh, Justin Hurts' illness. What was it, the flu, or was it anything more serious than yeah, that? Yeah, Jalen Hurts, I, you know, they, they said it was a stomach infection. I, it might have been food poisoning, okay. but it was kind of a surprise that, you know, he's out there warming up. He's, you know, he's kind of dancing a little to the music they're playing in the pregame, and yeah, he looked fine. And then, you know, when the game starts and you see Joe Flacco trot out there, everybody's like, wait, what? Is that, what's going on? And then we get word that he was, you know, he was uh, removed for illness, not COVID-related. The Eagles made sure they specified that it was not COVID-related. And then afterward, we learned that he was taken to a local hospital to be checked out, Um because he was feeling a great deal of pressure in his stomach and they weren't sure. They thought maybe it was probably, it could have been his appendix or something like that. So they had all that checked out. It, he was fine. It was just the the stomach infection of some sort. Uh, I'm speculating food poisoning. Uh, and then Cam Newton, I mean, you know, look, he had a really good game against, uh, you know, the Eagles on Thursday night, but uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't think he looked as sharp in the practices that we saw. I think a lot of that was because the Eagles put a lot of pressure on him and kind of moved him around. But, uh, you know, he's 32 years old, former super MV, uh, former regular season MVP, took a team to the Super Bowl. That was six years ago, I think, in 2015. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's got it. I think Mac Jones probably is the, is the future there, obviously. I don't know who's going to start. I don't think Belichick knows at this point. You know, Cam Newton got the start Thursday. He got the start in their season opener against the Washington football team. So it looks like they're going to run, run Cam out there again, but I think he'll have a short leash. And I think Mac Jones, Mac Jones showed some good accuracy during the practices against the Eagles. And, um, you know, he throws a good ball. I will say that, you know, you're going to wonder about his decision-making sometimes. Uh, I think they're probably going to go with a veteran early on in Cam Newton. And that's just my guess based on what mm-hmm. we've seen so far and, you know, he looks like he still has some things left. Like I said, Monday, especially Monday, he did not look good at all. Uh, to, you know, we were saying some of some of me and my colleagues were saying oh, he just looks like this shot fighter out there. But then Tuesday he looked a little better, and then Thursday against again, you know, an, an Eagles defense that was playing a lot of rookies, you know, a lot of second year guys. You know, he looked good. 
Um, but once he, the, the NFL season starts, he's not going to be playing against those guys, and we'll see how he right. does. So, I, but I think it's going to be him, and I think he'll have a short leash, and Mac Jones will be ready to go. And you know, Bill, I don't think Belichick's going to waste any time if Newton starts and begins to struggle in the first couple games. I think he'll go to Mac Jones right away. Yeah, absolutely. You know, here, here this is the time of the year where where teams, whether or not they are going to be playing for the Eagles or the Patriots or the Colts, Colts to tonight take on the the Vikings. Uh, this is the time of year when when players are trying to either get a spot or get on tape to get an interview, and, and a lot of times this preseason is is an interview. But I think one of the guys that for the Eagles anyway, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but has been getting some buzz here recently still trying to earn his spot in this 53-man roster. He was, I think he came off your practice squad, Travis Fogman, and maybe I said that name wrong. Uh, but, you know, a, a, a uh, tweet I just saw a while ago, in a true twist of fate, Travis Fogman, Fogman has gone from a diamond in a rough to a marginal receiver fighting for his spot in this 53-man roster. What are your thoughts about him? Does he have a spot, or is he just getting a job interview? Uh, well... Listen, Fulgham had a really good five-game flurry for the Eagles last year. You know, in five games, he had like 100 or 400 and some yards receiving three or four touchdowns. He had a great game against the Steelers, 10 catches, 152 yards last year. But uh, then when Alshon Jeffrey came back, he kind of got parked on the bench, and everybody thought it was, well, that's because Jeffrey's here and he's a veteran and they're paying him a lot of money. But, you know, Doug Peterson said at the time that, you know, maybe some of this success went to Fogum's head a little bit. He wasn't working as hard. His work ethic wasn't as good. And um, he has been invisible in camp and in these games. So I'm not sure. I, You know, this receiving core for the Eagles uh, leaves a little bit to be desired, in my opinion. I mean, Devontae Smith made his debut. I mean, he looks like a, you know, he looks really good as far as running his routes and stuff. I think he's going to be their number one. And you're talking about fantasy leagues. I mean, I would, I would take Devontae Smith early if I was somebody playing in the league, but because uh, I think him and Jalen Hurts will have a pretty good connection. He, he he certainly looks like he knows how to get open, and that's Holden's problem. Is I don't think he creates a whole lot of separation, uh, you know, in these one-on-one passing drills against the Patriots. That you know, receivers against DBs, it really is heavily slanted toward the receiver to make a play and get open and get you know that make the catch and, and Fulgham had a hard time getting separation against the Patriots DB. So that's concerning, but you know, the Eagles have four keepers at that spot, in my opinion, Smith, Jalen Rager, Greg Ward, and Quez Watkins. And then after that, I mean, it's just not, it's not a whole lot to be excited about. You know, you have Fulgham, you have JJ Ortega Whiteside, former second round pick in 2019 has no, he's always had good camps, but he never does anything when the season starts. You have, uh, Andre Patton in that mix, John Hightower, who was drafted. But none of those guys really excite. You know, in, in my opinion, I think the Eagles need to go out and find a veteran wide receiver somehow, some way, whether it's via, you know, the, the cuts that are starting to happen across the league or whether it's making a trade. I just don't think they're strong enough at that position, the wide receiver. You know, absolutely, and I'm, you're talking about fantasy. I mean, I, I have a different strategy. I don't draft my quarterbacks. Really, I don't get high on quarterbacks in, in the first two or three rounds. Usually I start looking at the quarterbacks, see who's out there in the third and fourth round. Uh, but I am certainly eye on Jalen Hurts, and if he's available when I'm looking at quarterbacks, I'm going to grab him. He's going to be I, – I predict he's going to be <laughs> yeah. a fantasy uh, super stud. That said, we still got to talk about the situation with the Philadelphia Eagles – 
uh, won the Super Bowl, and they did it with a probably the, the best backup quarterback of all time, uh, and that's very well documented. Uh, you got Joe Flacco. Now, and, and, and a lot of people look at Joe Flacco. Yes, he's got some great acclimates. Uh, you know, he's had a great career, you know, with, with Baltimore, and he's had some pretty uh, lofty accomplishments. And, uh, well, let's just say he's got a Super Bowl ring. So you might think that that uh, would allow Flacco to give Jalen Hurts a run for his money. There you would be wrong. This is not the Joe Flacco of 2012. He is your backup quarterback, but murky at best. What are your thoughts? <laughs> uh, he struggled on Thursday, uh, but I think Joe Flacco have a pretty decent camp. I mean, I don't, I don't know what was going on Thursday with some of his throws he was making. Again, you know, they, the Eagles' offensive line uh, wasn't their first team offensive line, so you know maybe that made him a little antsy. You know, wanting to keep stay healthy, he wasn't expecting to play. You know, more than a quarter on Thursday night because Hertz was going to play, but. Um, you know, I and I know in Philadelphia there's just so much overreaction after an Eagles loss and when they win. Uh, you know, people are talking about, hey, we should go trade for Nick Foles, and I'm gonna, I'm telling you right now, Nick Foles does not want to come here. I, I've been told that by someone very close to him. He does I mean, not want to come he? back for a third tour. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I can't blame the guy one bit. So they're not going to trade for Nick Foles. But you know, that was one of the morning shows. Philadelphia sports talk radio in the morning. They were like, they did a poll. Should we bring back Foles? I mean, come on, really? I mean, that's just kind of stupid. Um, but, you know, listen, I, I, would I go out and sign Josh Rosen? I, I'd probably bring Josh Rosen in. Sure. Is he better than Nick Mullins? I don't know. But bring in a fourth quarterback, see what he can do. Maybe you put him on your practice squad and develop him if no other team takes him. Um, but I, I think I think Flacco, as, as a backup, as a veteran player, who has seen a lot of football, has won a lot of games, won a Super Bowl, I think he's fine behind Jalen Hurts. And you're right, I think, about Hurts being a, a fantasy stud. I mean, listen, in four starts last year, he threw for over 1,000 yards, and he ran for almost 400 yards. So, you know, if you extrapolate that over now, what's now a 17-game season, I mean, and I'm getting way ahead of myself, and I'm not sure he'll do it, but he could be the first quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards and run for 1,000 yards in the same season. I'm not saying he's going to do that. But he has that kind of skill set and that sort of ability. Uh, and we'll see. Like I said, Sirianni really hasn't shown anything of what this offense is going to look like because he wants it to be a surprise. Um, but I know we've seen a lot of the run-pass option plays in camp, RPOs. Uh, he's going to get Hurts out of the pocket on the move to give him that option to run or pass or uh, do whatever he wants. So he's going to be a really intriguing watch. And if he can stay healthy, he, he's certainly, uh, you know, worth, uh, worth an investment in the early rounds. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. Let's talk a little bit about the Colts, uh, and, and then we'll move on to some other leagues. We don't have a lot of time left. But obviously they have the, the Vikings tonight. Now, you know, I, I'm a big podcast guy, and there's a, there's a, guy, a, a, a local guy. It's, it's, uh, well, I think he's with – uh, SB Nation or something, but uh, he does a podcast and stuff called uh, Stampede Blue, and he basically just he, he talks about the Colts for the most part. And this week he said something that was kind of intriguing to me, and we always like to have these conversations in, in preseason, so we'll, we'll put it in context for that. But he said he's not a big what-if guy, uh, but we, what we do know about Jacob Eason is not what we didn't know about Jacob Eason, and the biggest thing that we had uh, with Jacob Eason was the fear of the unknown. 
and you 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 tweeted or texted me offline about you know the NFL Network they were just picking up a a local broadcaster they kept talking about Jacob Eason and, and really swinging him and building him him up. I, I guess you know had I mean okay this is the what if but what if the Colts had not picked up Carson Wentz and just stayed rolling the train forward with Jacob Eason and him be our our, our main main guy. And then the, his other big thing, which I found very shocking that we're this early in the season and having this conversation, but there again, think about the history with the Colts quarterback situation, not being able to get it right, and really thought that we had something solid with Carson Wentz, even that he had all his other issues in Philadelphia. We bring him, he doesn't even make it into the regular season, for the most part, maybe out for the season. And then we do, we, we do some shaking and baking. But we put a Jacob Eason out there. When I say we, I, I'm still part of the Colts world. Uh, and it, you know, the what if comment. What if we had never did it? You can always play this what if conversation in hindsight. But what are your thoughts going with Eason? I say, you know, keep, keep it going. And at this point, nobody wants to have this conversation and say uh, when's is the QB two. But if, if, he, if he's eight, nine weeks out, he's, he's definitely in the QB, too. So what are your thoughts on our quarterback situation? And the Colts got the Vikings tonight, and we'll see some more of Jacob Eason. Well, Tom, you do know that Carson's not going to like us having this conversation. You know? I, mean, <laughs> I know. I know. I totally agree. You know, I is, totally this, agree. This, this we, really we've been gonna... high on him for a long time. You're going to throw him for a loop, man. This guy doesn't really like to compete, you know, to be the starter. So you start throwing <laughs> Easton around as the starter, you know, Wentz is going to shrink in that, in that, in that vacuum there. But uh, listen, I, you know, what if, I mean, right. I mean, what if they didn't trade for Wentz? Would you have felt comfortable all off season long thinking, Oh my gosh, you know, we have a, a Super Bowl capable roster here and we're going to go with uh, a second year, fourth round, quarterback oh my god you know that i think the fans would have been a little bit very nervous about that right um so you know the colts did what they thought was right they brought in a veteran who you know frank reich really liked from his days in philadelphia uh and so that happened and now easton came on had a really nice uh opening game you know through for what 180 some yards and you know made some nice completions in there uh was very efficient uh, but Sam Ellinger looked good, too. I mean, he threw for a lot of yards. So, you know, we'll see if that can continue tonight against the Vikings team that was just destroyed in their preseason opening game, too. I don't know who was playing or what the circumstances were when they lost to the Broncos. But you got to think that they're going to try to play. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's a preseason, so who knows? But, <laughs> you know, that, we'll, we'll, we'll see how Easton looks. And, again, you, you know, you don't want to read a whole lot into the preseason. I mean, yeah, Easton looked good. He looked efficient. But, you know, who did he play against? Like, I didn't see that game against Carolina. No, I actually, I did see a little bit of it, to be honest, because I, I did text you, like, how come I'm getting all this positive info on the Colts? <laughs> you know, if I'm a Panthers fan, I'm not too happy because, you know, the Colts can do no wrong. But you, like you said, they pick up these local broadcast feeds. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and he looked good. You know, I thought he drew some, some passes. I think a lot of guys were wide open. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's certainly something to be encouraged about. You know, even if Carson is the number one quarterback, it's it's nice to know that Eason, you know, did some good things in the preseason. So let's see how he does against, 
the Vikings. Let's see how Ellinger does. I, I like Ellinger in college. I mean, I thought at Texas he was a good good player, a good leader. Um, I think he was drafted in, what, the sixth round maybe? I mean, I thought he would have been a good pick for the Eagles. Um, but, yeah, it's encouraging. Um, but, you know, Carson – he doesn't like to hear this. He doesn't like to have any pressure on him. He likes to know he's the number one guy. Yeah, yeah who yeah. would? You, so, know, you know, he's got a good podcast, Andrew Aids. He's with FP Nation, just like any of these other guys, probably me included, and maybe even you. We, we, we decide, okay, here's how we think it should go, and this is how it should go. So this, using that logic with him, uh, when I was listening to his podcast, Last night in finishing it up, he goes, so here's a recap. Here's what the Colts need to do. So, you know, you're, you're, you're listening in, tuning in. Okay, so what I want to know, I want to hear from you. And we're going to be going into overtime, guys. So if you lose the live feed, you'll be able to catch us on the podcast, and we'll finish up as quickly as we can. Uh, but I, I'm rambling on. But here was his recap. Lose Carson Wentz, regain the 2021 third-round pick in 2022. 20, sorry, too many twos and second or first round pick, sign Kyle Fuller, sign Colt McCoy as the backup quarterback, sign Marvin Jones, and sign Marcus Golden will make the Colts golden. What are your thoughts? <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of Got it all figured out, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, you know, at this point in camp too, you have to be careful you don't bring in you don't want a whole lot of new faces. I mean you're already kind of immersed in what you're gonna run and in your system and you know, it's it's hard to bring in that many guys and expect them to really kind of be good right away. So, I don't know if you can get one or one of those things to happen, then sure. But you know, that's a lot of that's a lot of moving parts for you know late August. It is. Uh, it is. But it, yeah, yeah. I think it's good conversation. I think it's good talk. It's good radio talk. It's good podcast talk. Speaking of which, we're now rolling on over from the live feed. Uh, so welcome to the podcast uh, and. Uh, typically our show is the podcast, but you know, sometimes we, we, we roll over a little bit. So we're in podcast mode now. So you, you can start cussing Ed if you want to, <laughs> but uh, Gosh, darn it. Uh, let's talk about some of the, uh, uh, the uh, NFL preseason games going on. Obviously we t- let's go ahead and just pick up where we're talking about with the Colts. Colts got the Vikings tonight. What are your thoughts? Yeah, like, you know, the quarterback spot, right? You know, let's see what Easton can do. Let's see how he can follow this up. I don't know who's going to play from the Vikings tonight. Uh, you know, I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to play. Actually, I think Kellen Mond's going to start this game. And uh, I think Kellen Mond, people were kind of encouraged by him. So, yeah, I always like to watch the quarterback play. And I like to, I like to see, uh, you know, some of the receivers. You know, you're seeing guys that, you're not real familiar with they probably a lot of them you won't see them a lot in the in the regular season uh or or you might be watching someone that's going to turn up on your team you know because like you said earlier it's a you know this is kind of an audition for a lot of these guys um but yeah Easton and Ellinger again in the spotlight uh be nice to see uh them kind of continue what they're doing uh I don't think you know again I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to play I don't think he played last week um, you know, so, you know, you, you just try to watch what, what, you know, maybe your depth, see what you have. Uh, to me, I think one of the big issues for the Colts coming out of last week, right, was their offensive tackle spots. You know, I saw people tweeting that, you know, the Colts need to make a move to get a tackle. They're not too happy with the tackle play on the team. I don't, 
I don't know if that's true or not, but, you know, I mean, after the, the one guy retired, whose name escapes me now, but, you know, that was a hole that needed to be filled. And, you know, the, I don't know if the Colts did that in the off season. So, uh, you know, that's something to keep an eye on too, is, is how the, uh, that offensive line holds up. And again, I'm sure guys like Quentin Nelson aren't going to play and some of the, you know, obviously he's hurt, but you know, some of these other starters might be taking a, a break too tonight, but you know, see how that tackle spot does uh, on the offensive line. That's another thing probably to watch. We're talking with Ed Kratz, a beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. Let's just kind of quickly go around the league. We're not going to be able to get to all the, the teams, uh, but certainly one of the best teams I think that we're going to see uh, in 2021 in the AFC is the Buffalo Bills, and they've got on the Bears. Bears also are having their own quarterback situation. We don't know what's going on there with Nick Foles. Speaking of Nick Foles, where is it going to go? We don't know if he's going to stay with the Bears or where, but the, the Bills and the Bears are in preseason. Uh, Bears are at home against the Bills. Yeah, I like the Bills a lot, man. I love that defense. Um, you know, that defense is, you know, if you compare it to the Washington football team's defense, you know, especially that front seven, um, you know, really good. Uh, same with Buffalo. I think they're really strong on that defensive front. Um, you know, Josh Allen cemented as the quarterback, probably won't see him, but you're right about the Bears. Um you know who's gonna who's gonna be the number one there? Um, you know, last week I think we saw uh, Fields come in and and do pretty well. So I mean, he's somebody to watch. Obviously, he looked really good. Uh, he he looks like the front runner to start. So you're you're probably gonna start a rookie there. Uh, Nick Foles, I don't think played very much last week. I, I know he wants out of Chicago. He's kind of buried on the depth chart behind Fields and Andrew Dalton or Andy Dalton. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm sure Fields will play because he's a rookie and they want to see him, but right now he looks like the number one guy. Uh, so they might not play him very long. So we might see a lot of foals as, as an audition tonight uh, in Dalton. Um, I don't know what teams are kind of in the market right now for a, a quarterback that could be your starter. Like I said, it's the end of August here. A lot of the plays are and offenses have been installed, so any quarterback you bring in is already behind the eight ball. But, uh, you know, if Fields plays, he's somebody to watch. Uh, but I don't well, think yeah, he'll he, play long. You gotta look at be just, a starter. you got to look at Justin Fields. He's yeah. one of the best quarterbacks in, in, in college football over the last few years. you got to look at that he came in uh, into the draft high. you got to look at the fact that the Bears, in their mind, were thinking, we're, we're drafting for our future and Justin Fields is that future, and I think you're, you're, you're totally right on that. Battle going on in Texas uh, tonight. The Texans are in Dallas against the Cowboys. I know how much you love to talk about the Cowboys, so what do you say, sir? Well, <laughs> are, the Texans still, are, are the Texans still a thing? I mean, boy. It, yeah, really. You know, that whole Sean Watson mess down there has just buried them in, in controversy and I feel sorry for David Kelly, the coach there, you know, rookie head coach getting his first crack and he's got, you know, he's got a lot of issues on that team. Uh, but yeah, the Cowboys, I mean, there was some news. I think Adam Schefter broke last night about how Dak doesn't look like he's all the way back uh, at quarterback and he may not be all the way back from that injury last year all season long. So he's not going to play. I'm pretty sure. And, you know, again, the Cowboys in the off season didn't do a very good job of kind of building up the depth behind Dak Prescott at quarterback, which is a bit of a surprise. Um, so there'll be a team, I'm sure, that might be watching Nick Foles tonight. I mean, that would be really interesting because, you know, 
Dak, we don't know what we're going to see from Dak this year, how effective he's going to be. But um, And with the Dallas Cowboys, you always talk about their defense. You know, the defense was pretty bad last year, but that offense is very good. So it's really kind of two extremes with the Cowboys. So, you know, you want to see how that defense does against uh, the Texans. It'll probably do well because I don't think the Texans are very good. But, um, you know, I think they're starting Davis Mills at quarterback. Um that might be the guy going forward. I'm not really sure who their quarterback is going forward, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's something I'll watch is Cow- Cowboys defense and uh, see if they can shut down whoever the Texans are throwing out there. We'll see. Well, you know, high up in the fantasy draft the rankings is both uh, uh, Zach uh, – that I always want to call him Zach. I don't know why. And uh, Ezekiel, and, and certainly those are – to a good pairing uh, for fantasy football. Uh, so not sure if I'm going to get any of those tonight. Uh, in my work league that I have, my you mentioned Adam Scheffner. My team is called Two Sources of Truth, and it's uh, it's a, and I've got a little Adam Scheffner icon or uh, cartoon with two cell phones to its head. Two sources of truth. Now, my my colleagues will laugh about that because they'll get it because you know in in, in the real world that actually pays my bills. <laughs> I work I work in data flow, and uh, what my job is to do is is to well sell data, and from one point to the other. If you ever wondered, and I'm going off in the weeds here, but if you ever wondered how you ordered something from Amazon and it hits your card and it can't and it gets delivered, well, it's the data that flows between. Point A and point B. That's what we do. So without being too much of a nerd, in order to do what we do in our in our industry, we always tell people as long as we have two sources of truth. So there you go. That's all that ties into my work theme, uh, along with the uh, fantasy football with work. So we're a bunch of nerds at work. Well, it's cool. That's, that's, that is pretty. You know, that, that's a good name. Uh, you know, pretty complex. When I used to play fantasy football and baseball my uh-huh. team was always scratch it was scratch fever uh and that's just the play on my last name crap scratch fever the old ted nugent song oh yeah Kratz, scratch oh, fever yeah. so yeah, i was i was always fever. the scratch fever yeah cat scratch okay. fever from ted nugent that's an oldie and ted nugent's you know way out there now with his views and stuff but you know he was certainly a great <laughs> musician and i was a big fan of his way back in the day but uh, that was it. Crat scratch fever off of cat scratch I love fever. It. I love it. Well, yeah. I, so my, my tease for work is two sources of truth for the balance is pig skin pirates. We've been going doing this for years now. And to uh, tonight is what well, I'm, I'm still debating on. I might change it. I used Adam Scheffner with that one too. Uh, but um <laughs> I called myself Scheffner Source, so I might I might change that around so I don't have to keep swinging on the on the chef. But yeah, the night's gonna be good, man. Beer, of course, and we 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 are doing the potluck tonight, so I'm bringing pizzas. Uh, we got guys bringing White Castles and tacos and McDonald's and <laughs> cookies and tacos. That's, that's so nice. I'm thinking, you know, what could possibly go wrong here between beer? Bourbon and the best fast food yeah. that you can get between McDonald's, White Castles, pizzas, <laughs> and oh, tacos. Smokes. I hope you're bringing your, hope you're bringing a sleeping bag too to spend the night. Oh my I mean, gosh! Yeah, you're gonna be. <laughs> 
We or make sure you I'm have bringing five pizza dial there. I'm bringing five pizzas myself. So these other guys will be bringing wow. like big old bags of, of White Castles, and so it's not going to be good, especially you know, on the stomach. That said, well, let's your imagination <laughs> go there. <laughs> yeah, make sure you bring. Don't look... forget the tum. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the Pepto, that's for sure. Ed Kratz, we appreciate you joining us and jumping on with us, and uh, we look forward to having you on throughout the year, and not only with the uh, following the Eagles, uh, but the NFL indeed. Uh, where can people find your work in Masterpieces, sir? Yeah, you got it, Tom. Uh, Kratzy, A-K- or, uh, at K-R-A-C-Z-E, and you can hit me at eaglemaven.com. Uh, check out some of the Eagle work when we play, you know, one of your favorite teams out there. We don't play the Colts this year, but um, anybody have a favorite team and the Eagles are playing and you can uh, read all about it uh, all season long. There's only two teams in the NFL anyway. It's the Indianapolis Colts and the Philadelphia Eagles. The other teams are just filler talk. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. All right, Ed. Until have, it comes have to fantasy good football. Yeah. That's right. All right. You, thank you. And for fantasy football. We'll Bye. see you, buddy. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official uh, NFL contributor. Always love having him on. We have a lot of fun uh, as we talk about fantasy football. Next week, we'll be talking about fantasy football, how it relates to the teams that we actually drafted. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Thanks for listening to us on the podcast, because if you're listening to us right now, you definitely are listening to us on the podcast. So make sure that you catch us live. Uh, every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, right here, and thanks to Blog Talk Radio as well. Uh, follow us on the Twitter at T at, at T Balance, and then on Facebook, The Balance. My name is Tom Marquez, El Presidente. Have fun. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here, dude. <laughs>